Hey, Luke. How you doing, buddy? Everything's fine. Nothing to worry about here. Everything's fine. Oh, Luke. Luke, I'm good. Funny things happened in my life. So many funny things. I can't wait to tell you the funny things that have happened in my life. Can I? Can I just start at the top and run? Tell me the funny things that have happened in your life. Okay. So about a year ago, this couple used to always sit next to us. They're very sweet. When we were at St. Anthony, and one day the guy came up to me and he's like, "Hey." I got two books for you. I think you'll need. And I'm like, okay, what's that? And one is on, it's written by like, uh, I can't remember who wrote it, but it, it's a book from like the 50s about like industrialized processes mm-hmm. in, in like factory systems. And it's, it's basically like goal setting and understanding complex organization. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. And then the other one is this book, how I, uh, start to say, oh, how I raise myself from failure to success and selling this is from like the 1930s dale carnegie how to win friends and influence people this is his best friend mm-hmm. and they became friends by being on the speaking circuit together so i get these two books i'm like uh yeah, it was all this time yeah, i was like well, okay and so i take them home and the goal book i had i had them both sitting together for a long time then the goal book i cracked open and it's like really well written there's a lot of like anecdotes that kind of drive the the theme and just super interesting yeah but again it's a world of business i don't i'm not a businessman it's a world of he's a business man <laughs> quite literally exactly yeah so might as well just call it gomer llc yeah i know i know i <laughs> i do actually own lay evangelist llc oh gosh help me or did that fold i think i know i forgot to pay state taxes and they closed it down um <laughs> <laughs> that reminds Jeez. me I to talk to you about ohio taxes for us but that that can wait for it another day <laughs> okay we have 60 so, days to figure it out it's fine <laughs> See you in 50 days then, Luke. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so then the sales book, I never cracked open. So then a buddy comes to me who is doing roofing sales. And he's like, dude, I'm really getting into this stuff. I think you might be getting into this stuff too. You know, you, there's a lot of money to be made in roofing. There's also a lot of pitfalls. I'm like, what the? And so he starts sending me these clips of like this guy that I've seen on YouTube a ton. His name's Alex Harmonzi. He's got a big bushy beard. He always wears a gym tank top. And usually a flannel shirt over it. Big, that's, really, uh, that's really the key to your heart, just, just to send you a YouTube thing. <laughs> oh, shit, you're right. <laughs> so he sends, he starts sending me Who these things, you, and I'm like, girl. Who oh. knows you? Yeah, I was like, okay, whatever. How to make $100 million, whatever, and blah, blah, blah. And then I started listening to the guy a couple things and, and different. So my buddies, half of whom are, have been followers and listeners of the show for a very long time, some of whom have even been on the show. They start like they're really talking up this whole business and it's been a full year and they're growing and, and it's really cool what they're doing. So then I said, well, well, what would it be like if I stepped out of church work, a conversation that you and I began that then began burrowing into my brain? Mm-hmm. And I began thinking, well, what if I what would it look like if I left church? And there's and I have to say there's a fear in me because I'm I would say I'm an expert in the field of what I do. Right. Like I would agree. Yeah, I, I don't have to get massive theological training. I don't have to do all that stuff. I can I can give ninety five percent of talks if you give me five minutes. I can give you a forty five minute to an hour and a half talk on any topic there on the spot for the most part. Recurring themes, stories, points will probably be made, but I could do that for the most part. So when you start to look at things, I decided that I would take a stab, a very very part time stab. And the guy basically said, I want you to sell me on why I should hire you. 
And so we met, and he told me like all the stuff they need and the different things with marketing and all of the all of the the guys that run it are like insurance experts and roofing and installation and construction, and none of them are nerds in the social media you know marketing world, and they had to fire their guy because he he just wasn't doing it. And so I met with him at a Starbucks and I laid out a proposal, and he's like, "All right, name your number, and you're on board." So I just, and so this book on sales, I started crushing this book and then I started watching all of these sales videos. So I just went to Dallas. I drove to Dallas and then my car broke down in 17 degree weather. I lost my wallet at a Bucky's. Don't worry, the $100 bill and all the other money that was in there, it was found, turned in, and all the money was still there. Texas. Texas. Bucky's, Texas. So I had to drive an hour and a half to get it. So I, I was on in the car for a long period of time and I listened to all of this Alex Ramonzi guy at double speed. All of his sales, his wife, all of her sales. She's the CEO. They run a $200 million company called acquisition.com and like all this stuff. To end, end to say, it is funny to me how the sales side is the thing that I've been most afraid of because it cheapens. It feels like I feel like I'm cheapening the message. Like I'm talking about church stuff. I'm not here to sell you a product. So butted up to that Dallas thing was I went to the Charleston Priest Convocation, their annual priest convocation to talk about youth ministry to 127 out of 130 priests, including their bishop. And it was fascinating. And it was at the end of that conference where I realized, like, holy crap, these priests need me. Like, I didn't tell them anything new. I didn't tell them any. I don't think I told them anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I reminded them of the essentials. And the distractions. My my fourth of four talks was called The Principal Distractions from Effective Youth Ministry. My third talk was called Six Six Failures of Priests in Youth Ministry. And uh, that when I said that title, they all started like, <laughs> and I just went through. And then after I gave that talk, which was a, like, I, I even had like a little chastising tone to it. But this priest came up to me. He's like, man, that was an awesome talk. And I was like, really? Was it really? And he goes, I need to go to confession. He's like, I'm literally going to go to confession before I leave. He's like, I need a lot of things to repent of. He's like, I did youth ministry all the time when I was a parochial vicar. I became a pastor. And he's like, I haven't looked at youth ministry. I haven't been to one event in four years. He's like, you fundamentally opened my eyes to this. And I was like, holy crap. And that's when I realized, like, the best salesmen believe in their product so much that their enthusiasm, you, this is where, like, all the... I guess I couldn't see it for myself when it's like, no, I believe in this product. I believe this product is right for you. And so I'm doing you a service selling you this product. Mm -hmm. And the whole time I'm thinking about it, I'm also thinking about the nonprofit world Mm -hmm. and how you reframed it for me of like, hey, the, the, the demographic that we're serving, these people deserve these goods and services. The markets failed them. But these people, like I think of scholarship money for Catholic private education. Like mm-hmm. those people deserve that money. They're deserving of it, right? They're not cheapskates. They're not, you know, they've demonstrated need, but also ability, mm-hmm. ability to participate in this, to go to this school. Mm-hmm. And I just started thinking like, I've been afraid of this for so long, of this marketing and and promotion sales. and sales side yeah. that I've been denying, especially priests, a fundamental aspect of their formation that I can give. So I'm going to try to stop doing that. 
while also interesting residents in roofing and solar. What do you mean by stop trying to do what? I'm going to stop undermining my my ask, my offer, my sales. Mm-hmm. Of you want to give people content. what you think that they may need. Yeah. 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 So you're not like walking away from doing talks. You're just going to be going into this other thing as part of your like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 It's yeah. very supplemental. It's literally. The way I pitched it to him was I can give you no more than eight hours a week. Mm-hmm. And and they're like, OK, that sounds totally reasonable. I said in three months we can take stock, reassess and go from there. And they're like, no, that sounds totally reasonable. There you go, buddy. So my life is weird. <laughs> <laughs> I walked up to my wife and I go, you are married to a businessman. And she's like, (laughs) I have a card and a briefcase. (laughs) I'm going to sit on a couch and contemplate life for a bit. That's what you do. All I watch is Mad Men. So, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But Mad Men is so great because the bending of words to get the people to realize the real thing that you are selling, right? Like, there's a problem that you have. I need to know what that problem is. And it's not price. It's you have a problem that this product can solve. It's it's just so fascinating. And then I found out how corrupt the roofing industry is, and I found that to be so fascinating. It is shocking to me. Uh, yeah. It. Uh, so your I I think what's kind of cool is um Chris Hardwick at a book that he wrote called The Nerdist Way maybe ten years actually more than ten years ago and he, yeah I think you mentioned it on a couple of shows ago yeah it, it was yeah. it was really interesting for me to read at, at the time it was kind of like the apex of his of his influence with podcasting and he's was my favorite podcaster then and i I would still say if i had to like list my top five he would absolutely be be in there still and um i haven't heard a podcast with him in years but he talks about how like here's how i build my like like how i build my career he he basically compared it to a mall where it's like you've got your big store this is your big thing this is this is the main thing that you do then you have these like then you have like a store that's like your um beast your b store does your like and it's not you don't give all your time there they don't have all the space but they've got like a i'm a decent amount. then you have like then you have three or four other stores that are very are very small tiny space but but they're there and like to build your 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 career where you have like five things of a proportionate um size that you're able to devote time and attention you're able to a lot for them the correct amount of like size size in this case being time hmm time time and effort and that's and that's what you, it sounds like you are um, doing like essentially and what's cool about that is that, like just as someone like who knows you intimately you know some would say as much or better than your wife like well, all of you. that tickles your fancy yeah like all all of those um, different things engage parts of your brain that like you like so instead of unnecessarily having to like i mean and, and you're right about like it, it it's all kind of the same like good um sales is just that it's giving people like, here's the here's the thing like it's going to make your your life your life better you yeah. have a problem here's a good answer yeah for said for said problem and turns out vanilla ice had it right the whole time if there's a problem yo i'll solve it check out the hook let the dj revolve it mm-hmm. ice, sales ice, baby. sales baby Come too cool <laughs> too cool then he told the turtles to go ninja, go ninja, go. And we were all very happy about that. <laughs> so happy. So happy. That was just the, that's, that's, that's where culture peaked. So yeah, I, I think, I, I think that's cool. It's, and it, it's good for you too, because like you can have like stuff in the fire. That's all not dependent upon each other. Yeah. 
right? So for you, yeah. it's going to be, it's, it's not really about, can I do this? It's just how I'm going to do it. Yep. And that's, yep. that's cool. That's an easy problem to solve. Yeah. And, and not a problem to solve. It's an easy, it's an easy, it's something that you can manage. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm excited about it. Good. I have, uh, I have one more thing that I think is funny in my life that just update. You know how we talked about Shakespeare and mm-hmm. how especially Katiri became such a theater geek, you know, and she really went all in and all for it. Katiri um, became a theater geek. You were like the king of the theater <laughs> for a period of time. You were like a step away from having a fedora and a scarf at all times. <laughs> and a, just like a black shirt reason. smoking a cigarette. I said, sand step, st- dance step, back troll dip. <laughs> no. The only reason, let's be honest, why I didn't have a fedora. It's just because I'm too cheap to buy one. <laughs> I see no truth here. I see no truth. <laughs> uh, what is your motivation? Because, uh, quite frankly, I'm not seeing any motivation. Take five. Get some cigarettes. <laughs> get yourself together, woman. <laughs> I'm I'm ten. I'm a homeschooled ten-year-old. So, anywho, she's getting into cheer. Nice. Cheerleading. And it's so funny because I said, Shannon, you know, Kateri has like eight years of gymnastics. And she loved it. And she started, she shifted over to the tumbling and stuff. But I hate cheerleading in how, like, the uniforms they wear in college is now what, like, middle schoolers are wearing. Mm-hmm. And the uniforms, you just see this, like, like in all female sports, there's this degradation towards stripping away of clothing. And I am a patriarchal, white male, conservative, angry Christian. And so. I do not want my daughter's flesh to be peddled like <laughs> I just, yeah. And so I'm very nervous about that <laughs> stuff. But then we found it's not, like, it's not too much to ask for. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. Not I too do. much to ask for. Yeah. So then, uh, but there's this really fascinating group here called the Tomball Christian Warriors, and they're a homeschool football team, <laughs> right? All the things. I'm just shocked they didn't call themselves the Crusaders, <laughs> but they're a homeschool football team. Uh-huh. That is competitive football. So the guy said, we are not a rec league. We are a real football team. So you have to get out of your head what you have, what all the homeschool parents have, which is, you know, we don't care about, you know, performance. We just want everyone to play and have a good time. He's like, we, your kid will be benched if they are not any good, right? You, your kids have to try out. You have to do all this stuff. And, I, and when Shannon said that, I was like, what? He's like, these are the list of kids that have gone on to play football in D1 schools. And it's like, what? And he's like, our coaches are former D1 athletes and NFL athletes who now are 100% volunteer coaches. We're a nonprofit organization, hmm. and we exist to to be the best homeschooling football. He's like, to not be the best homeschooling football team, but to be the best football team yeah. in our league. And he's like, for instance... We will play. We play in. He's like at next summer. I think they're going to do some exhibition games in the Dallas Cowboys Stadium, so they will actually play on an NFL stadium. But the crazy thing is, because they're not a school, they have to do all these like relational affiliation things. So mm-hmm. they don't have a field. So they have to rent fields, and then, and it's really expensive. Everything's really expensive. And then, but they partner with Spring Creek Gymnastics or something like that. So the kids can work out and condition and the cheerleaders too. And the cheerleaders will get trained. Well, it's like four days a week of, of working out and doing practice for the cheerleaders and the football team. They both, they have the same kind of roughly the same schedule. So I'm like, okay, Katiri, you're going to be all in like 
you got to be all in. And she's like, Dad. I was like, I know. Cheerleading combines your two loves, gymnastics and theatricality. <laughs> she's yeah, like, that's so great. She met a Texans cheerleader at the, a Texans football game when she was a little girl, and she was wearing a Texans cheerleader outfit. Yeah. My daughter was wearing a little girl version, but this lady was wearing the like skin tight, you know, whatever. And they got photos together, and Katiri from that day on was like, I will be a cheerleader. So it's like this is a dream from when she was four years old. Went to her first NFL That's football funny. game. She went to one before Daddy did. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was funny how I like I'm lapped at the at the homeschool. I'm a football team, and all the coaches could clearly just destroy me if they wanted to. <laughs> that's the power of podcasting, everyone. That's the power of podcasting. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. We got a lot of guys from our church that play there because nice. we're a big homeschooling thing. So it's like still within the friend group thing. Pretty cool. Nice. Good. Yeah. I have nothing exciting to report to besides I'm very excited for the Oscars. And what about the Oscar controversy? I think she should have been nominated. It's ridiculous. It's, Which it's who should have? I think um, that Margot Robbie, she should have been nominated. It's absurd that Greta Gerwig was not was not nominated for Best Director. It's It's absurd. I think Best Director, yes. There's nothing about Margot's Margot Robbie nailed the performance. And nothing about it to me like super stood out. But let's be honest, Ryan Gosling's character he kind of stole the show because he was the goofy foil and all that. Oh, stuff. I yeah, yeah. So many no, people like all a lot of the women that I know that saw the movie they thought his character was perfect. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so if his character, I did not hear anyone say that Margot Robbie was perfect. You know, America got nominated right but yeah but i don't like it's 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 just it's it's a weird oscar politics it's like they don't want to give it too much credit because they want to like they want to maintain their their prestige and blah 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 but i'm like i think like i i I agree with you that ryan gosling is the one who like strikes you because it's a it's just um his character's a lot of is 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 given a little bit more room to be weird he doesn't have to do a lot like he's like he has (laughs) like his character is just more simple yeah. Right, and I think um, what Margot um, Robbie is doing is a little is definitely more as complex would be the wrong word, nuanced. I'm not saying it is, is like nuanced on a level of Godfather Part Two. Yeah, okay. I'm saying in the context of like a yeah. Barbie film. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so let me be yeah. be clear. But I think given the fact that like how much her performance resonated with people, how important it was to the overall success of that of that um, film. And it's very good. She did a very good job doing yeah. that. And it was clearly the biggest film of the year. I'm but like, how funny is it? It's just, but it's, for it's, what it's, the film was, only a man oh, oh, got nominated. Exactly. Exactly. It's That's so kind of- ironic and hilarious, <laughs> especially when they insult the quotas for the Oscar stuff, the Oscar nominations. Like two years ago, that was all this, there's all the hubbub no, about like. They don't, they don't, they don't um, have quotas or anything. They just have like, there's just. Like no, they, wasn't it the Oscars that they came out with the standards like films can't be nominated unless they have X amount of people of color who are in the unions, X amount of people of color oh, who are on film, uh, X, X amount of female to male ratio. Pro- oh, yes. Was that the yes. Oscars or the Golden Globe? I I, uh, I was probably the Oscars that, that did that. I th- you remember well, that I controversy? Like they won't I, even nom- they It's ineligible for nomination unless it hits these. DEI quota markers. I I don't know if it's I I don't I'll know. Look I it up no real quick idea. Yeah, I've yeah. I just think I, I it's just 
it's just like this is what the Oscars do is they like try to take the high road, but then they also want to take the popular road. They they, yeah. they want the best of both of both worlds, right? So like they don't expand, you know, they don't nominate the Dark Knight for Best Picture, but the next year they expand the pool to films like the Dark Knight can at least be nominated, even though arguably it was clearly the best film of that year. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just weird Oscar politics stuff of like we don't want to give too much credence to this type of a film, but we want the audience to pay to pay attention. So it, I'm not saying that. I just think if you put America Ferrer's performance in that film compared to Margot Robbie, I just don't think America Ferrer's on the level of being of should be for best supporting actress. I do think that Margot Robbie is doing a thing on the level of a film like that for as popular as that was, it should be nominated for best actor. Yeah. No, I, I'll I just, give you that. I, and that's why it's, it's just like, like say what you will. And I, I also think that Greta Gerwig not being nominated is absurd because she created a vision. She created a thing. It was very good. It resonated. You may not like the story or agree with it. That's fine. But she created it. It is, it is an our tour. It's a like she, she checks all the boxes that like you would want for a best director. It has a singular arm of a vision. It's in her. It's in. It's. It has a distinct style to it. She's trying to. She tries to like. Uh, she tries to like, to like say a thing. I think she does it well. It's not the best film of the year. The right. like the holdovers is a much much better movie that says way more. Well, that says like it's it's just better film all around mm-hmm. as a whole. And I I'm really I'm like. I'm gonna. I really want to try see the Zone of Interest. Have you heard about this film? I talked about it a little bit on the last podcast. I'm not sure if you heard it or uh, not, but zone, it's basically uh, uh, the Zone of Interest. It's about the um, life of a, a family. I forget which one. Maybe the main like Randolph guy or uh, like Rudolph guy who ran uh, like Auschwitz. It's basically about his family life. So y- y- you never see Auschwitz, but it's always in the background. It's particularly through the sound that they do that so you just see the light it's basically about how how can a family live like normal life right neck and we're in their in their quite literal backyard is this oh, month yeah. mon, you know the, the worst one of the worst things that like humanity's ever done is going on and how you just get used to that and how that like it just and apparently it's phenomenal and it has a very limited release i haven't seen anything for it being played in dayton but i'm going to try to see uh, I, I need to Check, I need to actually check that out this week because I, I really, really want to go and uh, watch. Yeah, listen like, to this. Listen to the summary. In 1943, Commandant of the Auschwitz concentration camp lives with his wife, Hedwig, and their five children in an idyllic home next to the camp. Haas takes the children out to swim and fish, and Hedwig spends much of her time tending the garden. Servants handle chores around the house while the prisoners' belongings are given to the family. Beyond the garden wall, gunshots, shouting, and sounds of trains and furnaces are constantly heard. Haas approves the design of a new crematorium, which soon becomes operational. One day, Haas notices human remains in the river. He quickly gets his children out of the water before sending a note to camp personnel, chastising them for their carelessness. Yikes. Ugh. Yeah, I know. It's one of those films where, like, you have to be in a certain a mindset to go and watch it. But it's like, you know, I, I, I think that's in a more important movie than Barbie. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, you know, but, like, that's the beauty of Have you of seen Oppenheimer? Film. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah I yeah, think yeah. it's wonderful. Do you yeah. want something very cool? This is very interesting. The uh, the original guitarist for Project eighty six helped with sound design on on Oppenheimer. Oh, that's awesome. He does sound design in movies now. 
wow, Luke, you're you're pretty much uh, in Hollywood now because of that. Commercial. Right, right, yeah. I and it's sorry if you hear the um, hammering noise in the background. My um, they're doing some work on one of the the apartments here. So yeah, I didn't pick it up. Okay, good. There's nothing to do about it. So sorry, everyone. <laughs> and now for a brief message from the sponsor of this show. Steubenville conferences are where teens go to experience a life-changing encounter with Jesus Christ. They will have three days of amazing speakers like Gomer, everyone's favorite Gomi pops. I shouldn't have said that out loud. Uh, three amazing, three days of amazing speakers, opportunities for powerful worship, adoration, holy mass, confession with hundreds of other teens. You don't go to confession with hundreds of teens. I mean, like you stand in a line near them, but you don't all, it's not like a group confession. Let me tell you, my favorite thing as a speaker there, I've been doing this, I've been a speaker, I think, for seven years now. My first year, it was me, Father Mike Schmitz, and Jackie and Bobby Angel it was fantastic. Had a blast. Uh, the fascinating, oh, and Katie Prejean McGrady, super fascinating because you get to see kids who are excited to go to confession, and they're in high school. So there are dates throughout the summer in locations across the country. I know one of mine will be Steubenville, Rochester, so that's going to be cool. These conferences have been running literally for decades. That's where Luke's mom and dad met each other. Tens of thousands of Catholics across the United States will tell you their life completely changed when they first encountered Christ at a Steubenville conference. I love the Steubenville conferences because behind the scenes, us speakers do more praying and fasting and talking through and planning and all of this stuff. It's a, it's a powerful group event. that it's, it's a dynamic that's unlike any of the other conferences I've ever done. So click the link to learn more about the Steubenville Youth Conference. It's going to be awesome. Right now, they're running a giveaway for two free youth conference tickets. So whether you're a parent and you want to take your son or daughter and a friend or the youth leader who wants to jumpstart your fundraising, click the link to enter your chance to win. And this is only for the January episodes of Catching Foxes. Fancy special, our thanks to the Steubenville Youth Conferences where you can encounter Christ in three days. Beautiful. Special thanks to the Steubenville Youth Conferences and the amazing program they put on. Yeah, like I, I just, you know, I mean, I mean, I don't think it needs Hillary Clinton to weigh in on it. Yeah. You know, it's not that important, but I think it's like <laughs> the brand's got a brand, you know. So, yep. like, like just like okay, like speaking of the brand's got a brand, can I just rant for a bit? Can I just Please. rant for a bit. Raymond Arroyo had a tweet that I just think needs to be discussed very, very briefly of jason kelsey during the chiefs game jason kelsey is the brother of travis kelsey the guy who's dating taylor swift jason kelsey i believe just retired from the eagles out he's out in buffalo during a game and he has his shirt off and he's out he, he like stood in the stands right outside of the box that they were watching the game in without a shirt and a beer in hand and he uh oh, oh and he was like celebrating and raymond and raymond arroyo had a tweet I can neither confirm nor deny the intention of this tweet or what caused him to write this tweet, but that said, this is the NFL, not the Barnum and Bailey's like circus. And I'm just like, really? Really? It's a playoff game. This guy just retired. He's very close with his brother. They do a huge podcast. He's in, he's in, they're playing a game in a, in a city that's known for like the freezing cold weather for people drinking without their shirts on and like jumping onto tables in the parking lot. Like it's the WWE. It's a whole thing out, out in Buffalo. Um, it, this isn't bad. It's funny. <laughs> it's the NFL. Yeah. What are you talking about? This is the NFL. What was it? This is the NFL. It's not, not Barnum and Bailey's, but not a, I'm like, 
to see a shirtless man drinking beer is kind of the NFL. Exactly. <laughs> it's just he's that doesn't fa- and, make any sense. And I'm like, the, the guy is like retired, cel- he's, and he's you know able to like um, celebrate his brother. It's his brother winning, <laughs> helping win a playoff game. Like, like, what should be in a suit and tie with the owners? Like, what, what do you what do you want to be like? Yes, haha. Now let's all go home and beat our wives. Like, 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 what do you want? Like, like, what past are you pining for that never existed? Yeah, that's you know, like funny. they that used make any and, sense to me in the dog pound out of like I'm in Cincinnati back in back in basically from back Cincinnati out in Cleveland from the 60s to the 90s. They would bring in dog houses with them while they would walk and that would take four people to bring into the stadium and one person to carry out. What do you think was in the dog house? Like gigantic kegs of beer, <laughs> you know, and they would throw <laughs> stuff. From the dog, like, like, and like, like, I'm, yeah. I'm not saying like, it's a little barbaric, sure, but but so's football. <laughs> the NFL is like that's the point. That's the point. Like, yeah. like it's someone who's just retired, who's in a stadium that's notorious for drinking without your without your shirt on, going in to the, the stands with people, yeah. having a blast. Yeah, like, and let's the also fans be honest, loved it. Like he was, he's from Philly. No, no, no. Well, I he's mean, actually. He, he, played yeah, from the Eagles. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And they are up from just, Cleveland. This is another example of the Philly just rubbing off on you. But now that you tell me he's from <laughs> Cleveland, that explains everything. Oh, right? and, and it's like, I'm like, why? <laughs> I, I, like, I just, I'm like, what's I'm the like, point? What what, is why? The point? Yeah. Why? There's no point there. Besides just being like, I need to up my Fox. Like, like you're what's wrong with Catholics, like cat with Catholic, with Catholic celebrity and all this stuff. Like, what type of culture do you want? Like, we are a, a culture where like we have things like like the carnival and like things like that like there's a time to be stupid and to have and to uh, have fun for those of you who don't know carnival right celebrated all throughout europe most especially in uh portuguese uh the portuguese world especially the colonies known as brazil uh the carnival was like a and mardi gras and all that stuff was a literally carnival means farewell to meat because it was a preparation for lent was an epic party where they would have, if you've ever seen the Hunchback of Notre Dame, that's a carnival. They would crown someone the the king for the day. Bishops were often uh, they would de, you know, remove the uh, um, elements of office. Men who were court officials would remove their their costumes mm-hmm. of office. They would act as commoners, and people would the commoners would crown someone the new king or the bishop, and they would do all these like elaborate mocking celebrations around booze and fun and feasting mm-hmm. and 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 even family but this was where what's his name charles murray i think no i don't know i always convince my uh, switch my charles's but the guy that wrote in the secular age that's where he talks about mm-hmm. um that it was like a, a a cultural release valve in a sense of, of very formal hierarchical cultures this carnival was a brutally catholic thing that people don't understand mm-hmm. and it's like mer, mer. and it's like oh man your calvinist is showing right your puritanism is showing like exactly. don't do that <laughs> yeah and and that's and that's like like and it's all at the service of wanting to be like the catholic poster boy at fox news and i'm just like which yeah, fine. And this is you where the cult like, the culture war the culture ism like is 
like sometimes when I watch uh, one of the hosts on Daily Wire, I can agree with every single thing they say, the way they say it, it goes off, and I'm like, I'm happy I watch that. Other times I watch it, I'm like, man, that is the weakest argument, and this whole segment is built on a grandstanding, on a, on a weak argument. And you, you get this all the time. You get this in news. You get this when people argue back and forth. But like, and, and it's not a debate. It's someone putting together an entertainment reel that's disguised as the news. I totally get that. And it's their opinion pieces. But this thing of like this, this, um, this drivenness to performance and performance masculinity is, is so crazy to me. It's yes, so crazy. To exactly. Me. Yeah. And you, so, sorry, are well, I, the, keep, keep I, I, I was, I was them, but yeah. So the, the, this is a phrase that, that I, I picked up, right? So what makes someone essentially a man versus performative masculinity, essential masculinity versus performative. And the way this guy, he's a, he's a psychologist uh, on YouTube. He, he, of course on YouTube, but he described it, you know, he's like, what is performance masculinity? He's like, this stuff that changes with every culture. It changes all the time. Uh, having a beard, drinking beer, playing football, knowing football, uh, you know, and he goes through all the things that I suck at. Being a cowboy, drinking whiskey and beer and, you know, blah, blah, blah. He's like, Jeans. these are <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the type of denim. Um, yeah. No, but these are the performative things that most people associate with masculinity or being a real man. But they're not at all. Like, yeah, you can exactly. have the realest man who ever lived not give a crap about what multi-million dollar athletes get paid to run around on a field in tight pants. Right? You cannot care at all about it. I know plenty of men that hate the NFL because they love college football because it's, quote, unquote, more pure. Right. I know men and that's what actually what I told Noah. And then, you know, you're like, oh, wait, people make money now. Oh, oh wait. <laughs> it used to just be slavery, essentially, where all the yeah. rich owners were making all the money on the backs of the labor yeah. of, the, of the of the poor black college students uh, with like three white guys and an Asian. Uh, so you have all this stuff. Right. I'm those racist. Um, you have all this stuff that we keep associating with masculinity. That's just performance based. And that's a terrible way to define what a man is, mm-hmm. is solely by these like really culturally dependent changing things especially things that are corporate manufactured things Mm -hmm. that's what drives me nuts and to me so so again i didn't see the tweet so let me couch these this our 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 little rant here we i didn't see the tweet luke saw the tweet luke read the tweet and luke said that he doesn't know where this is coming from why he had to say that but it's stuff like this that's like that that you see all the time and we're all guilty of this like you could even say in a manner, us having this conversation is a form of performance or posture sure, because sure, we're the authentic, we're more real, we're this. Absolutely. Fair, fair point. But the, the other side is like, well, but why say it? This is literally Buffalo culture. Yeah. He took like this is down. literally what they've done for decades. Exactly. Well, and sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to end it with, and if for a guy like me. You know, who doesn't follow at the NFL. I know this. This is something that everyone should know. You know, like, I don't know. No, and, and it just it uh I just I was I was going to um text the tweet to you. I, I had a link to a clip from Ghostbusters when I quote tweeted it. It was really funny. But I won't say it here because it's not polite for mixed for mixed company. But it he I just saw that he took the tweet down. 
<laughs> it, it's it, and like so like there are oh that there, didn't pull well with my populist audience exactly, dun, dun, yeah. dun. there are there are two other parts of this as well that i think is really interesting so one is like this is tied into the whole people getting annoyed with taylor swift because he she's dating his brother on the chiefs and yeah. she's going to all the games she's she's yeah. stays with his family and and the sweet people are tired of the camera going to her and i'm like yeah are you joking she's taylor swift she's the biggest it's yeah. she's like that like if it was John um, Lennon and this was nineteen um, sixty five that would be happening too, yeah. You know, like it happens in soccer all the time. Like during certain you have games, show. not only that, but her coming off of the tour where any artist made the most amount of money ever in the history of artist touring. Like she like, saved certain towns from like she pulled them out of a recession in certain areas. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like she's that it's that I'm like it's, and so and it's like and like all of these like alt right people are kind of like this is so ridiculous. I just want to see the game. I'm like this is what the like you have jets that fly over at, at the end of the national anthem for like a regular season game. <laughs> like it is all performance and it is all performance. And I I think you're right. And so I, I think there is a, like a almost level of performance imagine, on masculinity. People being like, what's with this stupid commercialism? Get me back to the NFL, <laughs> where the games are exactly three hours long because of all the commercialism woven and throughout the game. That's there funny. are periods of time where everyone's just standing around because it's a TV commercial break. <laughs> like ESPN will call timeout during parts of the game so they can do commercials, right? You know, and I mean, as does NBC and you know all, all yeah, these all, other yeah. places. And 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 there is an element of like this guy, like you know, like the Kelsey brothers have a podcast and they're. They, yeah. they just seem wonderful. I, I like. We would love them. I think, but they're also like human beings. Yeah, and they're human beings of a certain personality type that, like, we know very well. They probably would have been in A and B G or in the prods had they gone to college at like at Franciscan. And it's funny because like that's actually where Jason Kelsey, I guess, who's a brother, met Taylor Swift for the first time. And so, and his wife was there with him, and on their podcast, they're telling a story how he basically did the same thing when Jason met his wife. He was there at a bar, and like at one point in time, I just like had my shirt off while while I was screaming, while I was drinking. <laughs> and it's like this is like this is welcome to very, the family. Like, welcome this, to the exactly. Family. I'm like this is their like this is actually very human. Yeah. This is their personality. Like they're the outgoing athletes who are dumb and have fun and who love their family. Like this guy, like I mean, when you see their podcast, they clearly love their family like taylor swift is going to the games and sitting with travis um kelsey's mom in the family's you know like yeah they seem very um, family oriented i'm like you are knocking a family yeah. being themselves that's ex- like if, if you're gonna tell me that like like if you played in in you know as like tight as we are if you played in the in the nfl and i did too and i had a great body and I was, and you were dating on the Shannon for the first time or something. Like I wouldn't try to like do something dumb. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. just like that's what like that's what that's what dudes that's what do. people do. That it's yeah. funny. Like he's doing it because it's funny. Yeah. And like and he's and he's, he's not like I'm just like what? Why are we so like? Why are we not taking time to actually understand what's going on here? Like who? Wouldn't they, it be funny if all of this was motivated by something as simple as he hates the Chiefs? <laughs> which it is fair i can't you know we, we were i'm texting during the game i you know i feel about Patrick and i love Mahomes the chiefs so much i hate them i like i i mean i love i love, I love all of um this stuff but i hate the chiefs because of the bangle and the nfl so wants them to because of the state farm stuff like they just get they got so many calls against them oh just drive me nuts 
So you you're alleging that there's an NFL conspiracy to get the Chiefs in the 100%, Super Bowl 100%. 100%. Solely because of State Farm money. Mhm. 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 Wow. Okay. Yep. Now let me tell you something that you might not know about State Farm. They are uh I, I have a buddy who works allegedly. For allegedly. Allegedly. We a don't buddy. have our podcast insurance yet. Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh my buddy works for me. He's a uh a, a kind upstanding man. And uh, allegedly, no, he's and in fact, a no, kind not, of no, 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 yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, but like everything allegedly, else, allegedly, <laughs> yeah, State Farm and Allstate are the allegedly, according to roofers in the industry, the two worst companies to insure your your roof with because they never, pay, they allegedly, rarely, allegedly pay the full amount. Allegedly, 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 allegedly. Yeah, we can either put confirm, a marker on that one, and so we can maybe delete like, the things about Raymond Arroyo. We can either confirm nor deny this. It's it. just what we've heard allegedly, allegedly. So yeah, no, and that's that's a really like I just wish like I, I actually um really get annoyed when people forget about the human with athletes. Yeah, or I, or I, with celebrities in general, but with yeah, athletes, yeah, I just think like you know, and and like there's a thing to be said about like they chose this life, they yeah. wanted it. You know, we see a thing with a lot of like celebrities how. They actually experience a form of arrested development where they don't like mature past the age that they, that they became famous. Oh, that's horrible! And because I mean, you just you just like you live. A, I mean, I, I remember hearing Colonel O'Brien talking about this where he's like, I could see certain people when they would first come on his show, they'd be like very engaging, very interesting. They had a um personality. Then after a period of time, after they got a huge, all of that was gone because they they just get shaped to like you have to you know they're basically they became a brand. Yeah, yeah, instead and, of a person. And I, you know, and say what you will about Taylor Swift. I've, you know, I'm sure there's a lot more marketing going on than we want to admit with her and her personality and her brand or like whatever. Yeah. But like, you know, like uh, Jason Kelsey, like there was a girl who had a sign for Taylor Swift. He like picked up the girl and like held her up by the window so Taylor could come and I'm going to look at the sign. Like it's just like they're, they just <laughs> seem very, very um, human. Right. Yeah. And it's funny. And like. I would not be be surprised if like half the reason why Jason Kelsey did that was because he wanted to embarrass his brother's new girlfriend who just happens to be Taylor Swift. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and it's just like, and like, don't forget the human part mm-hmm. that like this guy is retired or I, I, I don't know if it's been confirmed, but it seems like he's, he's going to, to be, he's cel- he's able to really um, celebrate his brother's win. Like, yeah, holy cow. Like just, I don't, I, I don't like, I just remember the human in, in everyone. And I, and I, I owe like, Raymond world the same thing right this is yeah so that's what I was going to say to you yeah because a common criticism is that it's we or mostly just you because I'm so reserved uh Mm -hmm. put people on blast for putting people on blast like (laughs) you know yeah fair which is a a very fair fair point yeah and so I I I think about that from time to time about um Cause like okay, so you're performing. So if people don't like sport or love love professional sports, I think of like Bill Burr, who who literally spends all week watching the recorded games from Sunday football mm-hmm. that he has. You know, he's like, I watch one game on Sunday, I watch the recorded one, blah blah blah. Then I make it to Thursday, and I watch a Thursday night game, and then you know, and he has this like whole thing where he is constantly watching three hour long football games. Someone like him would probably find someone like me irritating and unable to at at least in that regard to build a bridge because for men sports is a third thing that you can converse about and you can even oppose each other without like and 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 
even in the opposite, you could be a Cowboys versus an Eagles fan exactly. and come together, yep. right? Like yep. over your love of football and and then it becomes a friendly rivalry, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's the good thing about this type of stuff. So someone like me who doesn't follow this stuff, who enjoys watching, enjoys having people over for like we've always had Super Bowl parties for the most part and all this. You're stuff. in the kitchen with like with like your apron going the uh like all the drinks are like it are like in the back in the little thing yep guys Open the, the door free cupcakes right there. are over there to the go. right there you go T- to the no. right <laughs> <laughs> please save me i'm one of those i'm a, I'm a uh, seltzers oh all of them are are there still okay great great good <laughs> let me just i'm finish up this quiche so <laughs> words so what you just did right was you you made fun of me using like how I perform as a man in front of other men, mm-hmm. you went through all the traditionally like the feminine things and said that's me at a at game day, right? Yes. Yeah. So that's hilarious, which I think is so funny. <laughs> right. I think that's so funny. No, but I at mean, the same time, no, just, you're not I'm, too far I'm from kidding. Yeah, but I mean I also know that it's not too far from the truth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I don't wear an apron. I don't know how to make a quiche. I'm dude, not doing I, any of that stuff. I want to drink the hell out of that seltzer. seltzer. The oh. amount of food I get on my clothes when I cook, I'm like, I need to start wearing aprons while I'm in the kitchen. <laughs> you're good. Just, uh, yeah, but Luke, just do me a favor. Make it out of out of leather so you look like you could also go woodworking. It covers all the bases. Yeah. Um. So, no, but it's just funny because, like, people, you know, we have these different audiences in our heads. And usually the, our audience looks a lot like us. Mm-hmm. And they're not. Like, you hop on our Discord, which is very discombobulating to me. And you see all of these hundreds of conversations. You see the people who gravitate more towards you and gravitate more towards me and how they interplay with one another. You go and when I'm out at Seek and I had these conversations with Catching Foxes fans, you know, I was talking with Heidi up in Wichita who, you know, she's one of the people with her friend. They played the 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 album on our show we we did a oh, yeah, yeah actually I, i'm listening to that um, song the other day and I was yeah like, this is great yeah it's in my library so every yeah. so often that song comes up and i'm like oh i love that yeah that was great yeah so um but like having conversations with these people you realize like they're all taking something different from our show mm-hmm. and the the similar thing that people say is like our friendship which is why i'm okay talking about you know like personal things in my life and whatever yeah but yep. but the other side of it is this performance side for us and and I and I mean this for everyone. This is not a like inside look into podcasting, but we all can tend to adopt roles and actions and and even in our criticism of people because they don't like like take Taylor Marshall, right? Like or like I can have a legitimate criticism of Taylor Marshall that his traditionalism is caught his version of traditionalism is causing thousands of Catholics to not only can reconsider you know basically breaking away from the catholic church but mm-hmm. is leading people to hate the local their local ordinary like with mm-hmm. hate and to hate the pope mm-hmm. like you can you could probably make a, i think a sound rational argument that the churning of the content and the emotional pitch that's what it drives but not everyone who listens to taylor marshall goes to him because they they can and just like you and i do like i was listening to this, that that psychologist guy and he started trashing, not trashing, but denying that religion. He's like, too many people think of marriage as a religious thing. It's not religious at all. It is a purely pragmatic thing. It's only lately that it's been religious. For instance, the Catholic Church didn't even recognize marriage as a sacrament until 1568. 
So if you go to that video and you look at my comment, <laughs> capital letters, oh, correction. I love you. I love uh, you so much. I said, no, the Catholic Church has always viewed it as a sacrament. However, in 1586, at the Council of Trent, they had to defend and define it in its sacramentality because Martin Luther, again, 1517, and then nailed the Augsburg, you know, 95 yeah. pieces, and then excommunicated in 1520, he denied five of the seven sacraments were sacraments because he couldn't see their tie in sacred scripture to salvation. That's why it's just baptism and Holy Eucharist. So like this understanding of like this guy, what do I do? I just bracket off the nonsense, push it off to the side, and then I try to listen to mm -hmm. the things that he has that's worthy to say. Test everything, hold on to the good. Hold on to the good. And you know, one time I was talking about Jocko Willink, and you're like, isn't he not a good person? And I remember I was like, I don't care if he's not a good person. This was a good idea that I got from him. And you're like, yeah, that's fair. And so for, for some people, I, I was talking with a guy and he was, he was really interesting. He said, um, he said, you know, I'm not, I don't consider myself a traditionalist, a traditionalist, but Taylor Marshall was for me. He's like, I don't listen to the guy. I don't like him. I don't like his anti Pope Francis stuff. He goes, but he was for me a sane voice for a while in a, in, in a world that was otherwise insane in Catholicism. And this is at the time when you and I would say things like, you know, we would, we might agree with 95% of what he says, you know, yeah. how he says it and all this stuff. Yeah. He goes, I don't like his tone. I don't, and I certainly don't like where he's gone in the last like three, four, five years, whatever it is. He goes, but Luke hates him, mm -hmm. hates him. And he's like, I did not think that, you know, that we should have, you know, like as Catholics, one of the reasons why I stopped listening to him is I feel like he hates Pope Francis. And he's like, and when I was listening to Catching Foxes, he's like, I took a pause or anytime I feel like it goes traditional, I pause or I, I stop listening because I don't want to hate people. And I was like that. And it had me thinking really hard about this because it's like, this is one of the reasons why I got off Twitter is mm -hmm. I had people cheering me in my performance of attacking other people. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, okay, it's, at a certain point, yeah, I'm going to enter into grave sin. Mm -hmm. If I'm not already there, which is a, you know, a certain point I might enter into venial sin, but like, that's not my intention. My intention is to call out the evil and to hold on to what is good. But also I'm an overly emotional <laughs> human being who definitely yeah. wants to demonstrate that. Look at me. And, and that's the thing is I think that performance side of like, see, I'm real. I'm honest. I'm authentic. I'm one of you. Look at how I attack them. Yeah. You know? And well, and, yeah, sorry. No, good. It's, and it's, it's also weird. Cause you're like, publicly wrestling with ideas in a way that like maybe should be more in your head or like conversationally amongst um, friends. Yeah. So you're putting out sound bites yeah. and it, it, it makes it like it, there, there are, there's a, there's good there. Yeah. This is the bad part of that. Yeah. And I, I think that's a really fair point. You know, like there's definitely, I'm not going to say his name just cause he got really mad and you know, whatever. Like there's just, there are people there that I, you know, in the past I'm like, I wish I hadn't said that. Well, like, yeah, it's it's super hard, I think, at times to try to get rid of like either the like I don't want to use the word hate the the disdain for the person and what they are doing and what they are I'm saying and the human because there is an element of like there's so much damage being done yeah and just and wanting to like fight against that or like wanting to be like you know and then but like it's it's very easy to forget the human when techne is involved. Mm -hmm. And then you bring in just like um, sinful nature and entitlement and horrible um, selfishness and just all that stuff. And it can, you yeah. know, like, I think, I think, I think that's a really good, good, good point. It's a place of examination. You know, it, it's not like every, I, I believe this with all my heart. 
you and I have been criticized aggressively since we started the show, and then it and then it disappeared the moment the sex abuse scandals came in, and then mm-hmm. we started getting all these people who were like, "You're the voice of the church," and <laughs> terrifying. But you're saying the things yeah. out loud that I'm saying, you know, with my friends and whatnot. And a lot of the criticism went away for a very long time, and now some of the critiques that I've been hearing are like these one-on-one things, but not like from a negative place. People are like, I love the show, but and those conversations are are the most fascinating to me. Because hmm. I know they're coming from a place where people love you, right? And this is the difficulty of being a public figure in a, in a certain limited extent that we are, which is sometimes our thoughts are not complete, but because of a, a final published show, people feel like they're complete, right? And yeah. they feel like this yeah. is our stand. And it's like, and then, which is why uh, listening to Mrs. Ruby, one of my friends said, who was it? Was it Joey? said i felt like that was an hour and a half of free therapy like just the way she talks and the way how empathetic she is and expressive she is but her key point was like you're thinking thoughts out loud no one needs to hold you to that and it's like huh huh but at the same time what our audiences receive and and this goes for anyone whether you're raymond arorio whether you're the kelsey brothers whether you're taylor swift your audience comes to you with preconceived things and and so this is an examination for everyone and we are looking for things to sift for good or for ill. So mm-hmm. if I hate someone, I'm looking to sift out the good and to say, see, see, look at this sentence. And then you have someone who loves that person and is looking at the sift to say, no, 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 look at these five other sentences you missed. You know, and it's back and forth and back and forth. Yeah. And to, to me, this just hits why we desperately need community. Uh, my, it's always going to be my drumbeat. We need people who are friendly enough to tell us the truth, but love us enough that they're not doing it as like a drive by, you know? And, and, and then like also, and when you see a person saying a thing you don't agree with you, you, you encounter the the human. Yeah. And you know, the different parts of them and you know, the parts of them that you like, and this is just a thing that you don't agree with. And, and, and that can be, it can be like, that doesn't make it easier. It can, at times it can, it can make it a lot harder, but I think you're much more willing to wrestle with it and it makes it at, at times almost more difficult like like it's easy to to take a step away when there's much stuff that you don't agree with and be like, okay i'm done with that now fine yeah. out of the way like i can just yeah. mute certain people we went to college with from texas and not have to think about it right and right um i can't do that with my f- best friends or right. with people that i'm like in community with and that actually is more challenging and I think that's, but that's like where real growth happens, though. Yeah, I mean, because you you can have growth in that other, in that other context, but not in the way that it's like this. Like, like I I don't remember if we talked about this or not, but like, so I, I'm really trying to not be redundant anymore on the show. I, I actually have a new um challenge for myself is to not talk about anything else that I have talked about in the past. Not going very well, but like one of the things that like when we kind of had our our heart to heart was I just expressed how like hard it was for me when you talked about um voting for trump in 2020 because i felt like you were like I, I i at least had you on my side i could endure this stuff with you with me in that and uh, and like a bunch of our of like our um, friends were in that same boat and then i felt like everyone left and i just felt like i felt like abandoned almost mm-hmm. you know and that was but like that was good for me to express that to to you as opposed to bottling that in and i think if that was all online you never really have that have the like opportunity. Yeah. 
and it's and if it was online it would have had like because it was such a deep thing for you that you kind of kept that it it wouldn't have been well treated or handled it would have been exhibitionist like that we keep trying to avoid exactly right i know we're 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 pressing time here so I'll, i'll just i will i'm wrap it up here telling you that and you are and you are receiving that and not correcting me or not but just saying like okay like that makes sense like that that made all the difference in the world and that's the difference between like healing and bitterness or yeah. like or being able to exist in some of that tension and being able to like it's not the end of the world yeah which like can easily turn into like resentment or entitlement and when it comes to like particularly habitual sin entitlement is the road to hell like entitlement is not even the road entitlement is the springboard the off-ramp the gateway to habitual almost sin because it's yeah. just like i i'm right i'm like i need you know and, and it becomes and you may even be right but it but like when you can acknowledge yeah, but when you can acknowledge it absolutely that you're not entitled to then do this thing because of it yeah dr han used to have this great line you know it comes from scripture god opposes the proud and he used to say god opposes the proud even when they're right because Mm. being wrong isn't Mm. a sin but being proud is yeah and you start to think about it and it's like that's good right like this could be the reason why you know the the question that it's a speculative question in catholic philosophy right which is if Aristotle encountered the gospel, would he convert? And a lot of people say no, because he was right. Right? So Aristotle basically said, let me sum up all the metaphysics that went before me. Now you, can, you don't have to go to them. You can just read me. Because I summed up with it. You know, and you're like, well, I mean, there's still goodness in, in studying Heracles and all these other pre-Socratics and whatnot. But but if you think about it, right, he was a virtuous man. He was a good man. He understood. I mean, he had a, a, an intellect that, was, that would shock anyone. He was the tutor to uh, Alexander the Great, crying out loud. Mm-hmm. Would he have converted? Because he would have to admit that certain things he got wrong. But he often would also would have to admit a level of that Christ alone is the perfect man. And he will never attain yeah. that level of virtue. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, like, obviously it's speculative, but it'd be like, no, he, he wouldn't have the humility. To him, humility was a vice. Modesty was the virtue, but not humility. Hmm. And Because an aristocrat, right, essentially, is supposed to glory in his station. Not dominate other people like some tyrant, but his station is his station. He's meant to lord his authority over people because he's a lord. Yeah. Right? That's appropriate, right? But for the Lord of all to become the servant of all and have that be the very foundation of what it means to be his follower, that that would have been untenable. And you think about like, yeah, sometimes being right is more important. Now, I'm not saying the truth. I'm saying the subjective state of me knowing that I'm right mm-hmm. or even or even the emotional state of me feeling like I'm right gives me the entitlement to do and say and act however I want because of it. And, yeah. and that's deadly. It's deadly to the soul. Well, because the only way to really avoid that then is to acknowledge both the good and bad parts of yourself. Yeah. I am good, but I am capable of doing these bad things. Yeah. So just because I'm right doesn't mean I'm entitled to this other stuff right, 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 right here. And that's, that's difficult. That's really, 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 really difficult. 
And I don't so, want to do it. I would rather live the lie because it's a comfortable fantasy, just like Santa Claus. God bless you all. Oh, and thank you to the Steubenville Conferences for sponsoring this podcast. Go to SteubenvilleConferences.com to find out where a youth conference is in your area or attend one of the four exciting adult conferences that they have offered tailored just for your needs. SteubenvilleConferences.com. Thank you for sponsoring this episode of Catching Foxes. Did you do your video? I did my videos. Thank Luke, God. I did my videos 80 times and you hated did, all, all you all you needed to do was do a thing on your phone and you're like, "Oh, I could do it and like I can like edit and like logic and they're no, like because I couldn't okay because they wanted better audio to take your phone and no they wanted better AirPods. audio just they wanted better audio so I was like well let me just do this and I'm like blah 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 oh wait how do I sync the audio oh wait no now I gotta go into <laughs> the thing and I, I like overthought it but I did I, I shot 80 video or okay literally I shot about 25 25 videos for the youth and adult conferences like this I have this little stand I propped it up did everything in the end two weeks or a week and a half after the due date I was in the hotel in Dallas with my car broken down in Irving, and I was like, click. I have a broken Gilbert. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know. Still broken. But I did it. I did both of them, sent it to him immediately. Their revised due date. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I just hate my face so much. Don't hate your face. I'm going to stop recording. I hate it so much. Thank you, everyone, for Love listening. You Love you. Patreon.com slash CF to get access to the Discord and and a sticker. Bye. Maybe I should probably change that. Joe? Uh, Edit.